The best thing about singing at Christmas is the Coco Carolyn and Fine. Know that one? I know that song. Whoa, oh, 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 go totally Yuletide. Taking a sleigh ride. Good. Santa shirt, reindeer skirts. Whoa, oh, oh, watching the windows park, drinking some eggnog. That's good. Whoa, oh, oh. Fill up a stocking. I spray on some flocking. Oh. Put up a tree, Please. sports on TV. <sighs> I want to be free, yeah, to feel the way I feel. Eh, 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 eh. Man, I feel like some Christmas. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> Whew. What, you hated it? It kind of scared me a little bit. Girls in white dresses with blue satin sashes Snowflakes that stay on my nose and eyelashes Silver white winters that melt into spring These are a few of my favorite things Now listen up. Welcome back to the Festivus series where we cover all of your favorite Christmas movies including Jingle All the Way, Silent Night, Deadly Night, Part 4, Lethal Weapon, and more. Tune in all holiday season to listen to your favorite movies covered on Blood and Black Rum Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the Blood and Black Rum Podcast. I'm Ryan from Coltsploitation.com, and I'm joined with my sidekick, Martin. Try that again. Why? <laughs> now you're sidekick. Yes, you are. No. How about my uh, my elf partner? <laughs> Not life partner, elf partner. No. Partner. No. Hetero life mate. <laughs> there you go. Um. His name's Martin, by the way. <laughs> we didn't introduce him. Um, We are talking today. We're doing another Festivus series film. And uh, this time we're moving away from the the horror aspects from last week's Silent Night, Deadly Night 4 initiation or initiation Silent Night, Deadly Night 4, however you feel like saying it. Uh, we're moving away from that sort of body horror and we're going to a completely different direction. We're continuing our coverage of the Santa Claus series. New, different type of horror. A that's whimsical right. horror. Yeah, that's right. Actually, you know what? There is some body horror in the Santa Claus 2. We'll talk about it in a little bit. You do get a little bit of that. Um, but one thing that does stand about, out about the Santa Claus 2 uh, is that this sequel came, <laughs> what, eight years later? Seven, eight years. Seven, eight. eight years later after the original Santa Claus. Um, and I really wonder, because I, I don't really know, what, what was the reasoning behind all of a sudden, seven years later, you know what the world needs? Five writers to come in and craft <laughs> the Santa Claus too. <laughs> maybe maybe it was um, they had one writer on for like you know like right after like ninety six they're gonna do another Santa Claus and they scripted out like not good enough and they get someone else on and like you know they just keep piling on and over time then they finally get it done by then and they're like all right it's ready to go might be too now that you know home improvement's over with so. Yeah, by this time, yeah, Home Improvement was over. Um, at that time, Tim Allen had been doing a few things, Jungle to Jungle. Um, and that was in, I think that was in like 96. Um, and then towards the end of the 90s, what was Tim Allen doing at that time? Did he, was he doing anything? I don't really, I don't think he was doing that much at the end of. I mean, Toy Story. Yeah, Toy Story for sure. Yep. So he had picked up Toy Story in 1995. Um, they even have, you know, the little line of, you know, your sad, yeah. strange little man in yeah, this one. Yeah. Now. There was, uh, so Jungle to Jungle was in 1997. I was wrong. I was off by a year. Um, and, Galaxy and for, oh, for richer or poorer, forgot about that one. With Kirstie Alley. Yep. Amish. Another yep. thing, another thing uh, of the 90s, kind of a staple out of nowhere, just Amish people being in movies. And then, yeah, for the most part, um... Kind of a quiet time in the in the early 2000s for Tim Allen. Um, so I don't really know the reasoning behind the uh, the 
evolution of the Santa Claus 2 as a sequel. They, somebody thought, you know, we need another one in our lives. Um, but you're right. Like, the, for the one thing that stands out is that the five writers on this film tend to indicate that what you're about to get is probably not going to be that cohesive of a movie. When you have five, generally, when you have five writers working on a movie, unless they're like super close and they're like sort of like a, uh, like a, a troupe, you know, so, so you might have some, like a comedy troupe or something that works together and they write movies. But for the most part, it's never a good sign <laughs> when you have multiple writers on the bill because generally they didn't all write together. Somebody wrote it and somebody looked at it and was like, this is not, you know, good. this is not that good. So we're going to have somebody come in and rewrite it. Yep. And then, you know, and then everybody gets their name on it. Cause you can't really, you know, if they used even like some of the original ideas from the, the first script, you can't really just take their name off of it. So you have to sort of give them all credit for it. And so it's not really a good, you know, when you see that flash up on the screen and you just see like, all of the ampersands, you know, the, the uh, whimsically written ampersands, you know, like this is not going to be, you know, the best film. It's that certainly not going to match the original Santa Claus in terms of quality. Um, and one thing about the Santa Claus 2 that's pretty uh, well known, I think, at this point in 2018 is that uh, it's probably the most one of the most played films on TV now because the rights are so easy to get. ABC Family, or I guess what it's called now, Freeform, um, basically plays it all month long. Santa Claus two and three. They're the they're the ones that are the constant go tos. Probably Santa Claus is a little bit more expensive to to get the rights to. That's for the Disney Channel. That's right. Yeah, they save that one. That one's you know, and actually, this, yeah, you're probably right. The Disney Channel probably doesn't play Santa Claus two and three as much. They sh- they probably play it, but maybe not as much as the original Santa Claus. Um, did, I remember I saw Santa Claus 2 in theaters. Rushed right. right out and saw it. Christmas staple. Did not. Yeah, I didn't figure you to be a... I've seen... You know what? I've seen most holiday movies in theaters. Saw Deck the Halls in theaters. Saw The Grinch in theaters. Which one? Both. <laughs> yeah, not the set 1970s TV version, obviously. But I saw this one in theaters. Um, at the time... I think I enjoyed it. Uh, I think we all were sort of in agreement, though, that definitely was nowhere near as good as the Santa Claus. I can just see your dad's reaction at the end of the movie. He's like, well, well, I think I liked it, Dad. Yeah, yeah. Was it 2002? I would have been what? 12, 13. Yeah, something like that. Um, I think we thought it was cute. It was it was an okay tale. Um, something now that you would very commonly see as sort of a Disney Channel TV movie rather than an actual theatrical release. Even for 2002, when Disney Channel was <clears throat> pumping those got those movies out, mm-hmm. um, you know, this this is definitely more in the wheelhouse. I, I asked you, I'm like the, the distributor, fuck it up. Like this was supposed to go straight to the t- uh, channel, and they like accidentally put it in the theater, and they're like, oh oh shit, oh well. Even the Santa Claus 3 got a theatrical re- release, which I really thought was stretching it at that point. Well, because it has Martin Short. True. You got to make... If you're going to pay the money... For, well, probably the same thing with Tim like Allen. That. They're yeah. like, yeah, we probably should have just recasted them, but... You know. Yeah. Um, one thing that I thought was kind of interesting was that they um, they considered getting Jamie Kennedy for Bernard instead of... Um, uh, David Crumholtz. And I don't know if that means that they were considering that. Uh, I doubt that means that they considered him for the original Santa Claus, right? I mean, that wouldn't make any sense. Jamie Kennedy for the original Santa Claus? I don't think so. But I am thinking that they were considering recasting Bernard for this film as Jamie Kennedy. I think that would have been... I mean... Though Bernard is a shade of his former self in the Santa Claus in this movie, I think that would have been a terrible idea to have Jamie Kennedy gallivanting around in the North Pole. Yeah, cavorting and just like, woo! 
I mean, he think fit, about Tremors. He, well, I mean, he fits more the whole kvetching, yeah. you know, yeah. part that, um, when I was looking up rules for a drinking game for the original Santa Claus, one of the rules was anytime Bernard kvetches and... That just tickled my fancy. It, it also says Matthew Broderick was considered for the role of Bernard as well. And this this is all very weird to me because what was, was David Krumholtz like, no, I'm not going to come back? And they were like, we, we, I guess we got to get somebody else. Because I wouldn't see why they would need to be casting anybody at that point. He's not a he's a recurring character. And uh, say it. Uh, Matthew Broderick's like 40. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's so, that's so weird. He would not look like the elvish youngster that David Krumholtz tends to have in this film with his dreads. Yeah. Fits him perfectly. Yeah. Um, so I just thought that was an interesting, I can't find any trivia that says like, you know, this was in uh, <laughs> development hell for, uh, for years or something like that. Um, but I have to assume that that's the case. I don't really know why they would wait so long. They were waiting for that glut of Christmas movies of the nineties to, to get to out. pass away. Yeah. yeah. And then they could like, ah, oh, we're going to, Dominate the market, I guess. Yeah. You know, and the thing is too that the Santa Claus is was re- I don't know that how well it did when it first released, but I have to assume it did fairly well. Uh, I think it was always like sort of ex- widely accepted as a pretty good movie. I remember it even you know back uh, like a little bit later after it had released, being on you know the ABC movie of the night, and you know that was like we said in the last. Um, the last show when we were talking about TV movies and them playing on TV, that was definitely one where they, the ABC announcer was like, stay tuned for the exciting conclusion of the Santa Claus. And I was, I was, you know, I remember that distinctly because I remember the time where, um, Tim Allen is walking down the street with his little, nice little sweater and his knit hat on, so, looking all, all sad because yeah, yeah. he lost, he lost, uh, Charlie. His, yep. And uh, I remember that. That was a big thing that they were playing at the time. So I really don't think that the Santa Claus was ever not really a popular uh, Christmas movie. So it just, again, seems very strange to me that there would be no Santa Claus 2 in the works like right away. And even with Santa Claus 3, that took a while to come out too. It didn't come out till 2006. So you have four years of no sequel to Santa Claus 2. And that might have been because at this point, Santa Claus 2. The wells are under. Yeah, right. It, people were going to the theater like, what is this? <laughs> this is like nothing like the Santa Claus. Um, but we well, definitely say that about this movie. It's like, what, what the, what's going The whole, and we'll talk about it when we get more into the nitty gritty of this movie. But that whole fucking opening, like, title sequence is like, what the fuck are we watching? Yeah. Yeah. Um. I just want to break in here, and, and then we will actually get to the, the meat of the Santa Claus 2, by saying that, as you can hear, Martin is a, a little sick. He has a, a chest cold and congestion, so we didn't really do much drinking today, obviously. He's, uh, he's trying to increase the fluids, but not the not the alcoholic fluids. Well, unless you got some brandy, so yeah. you can you know, yeah. sweat it out. So we're, we're skipping the beer talk this week, um, so that Martin can heal and be well. And you might hear some retching and coughing on the show. And that's just because Martin's hacking his lungs out. So, well, like I said, and I'm not going back in to edit it all out, too. Yeah, well, like I said, I'm leaving it. It's, <laughs> it's either a chest cold or I caught a recent uh, game of the year uh, candidate protagonist uh, tuberculosis. One of the two. Yep. So if you hear him coughing his lungs out, just try to tune it out. I'll talk over him. <laughs> uh, so, all right. So, Santa Claus 2. Um, where did it begin with the Santa Claus 2? Well, we can start right with uh, the opening. Yeah, the opening, as you said, is a very almost, and at this point it wouldn't have aired yet, but it does remind, I don't think it would have aired yet. Let me look, though, because I'm not, I'm not certain. Um, but it really is sort of like ripped from lost sort of thing like them flying a, a some sort of airplane like i don't know if it's like what is it what is that noah nora whatever the the uh, national weather servicing that does the whole santa um oh i don't fucking whatever they're it. whatever they're called the tracking yeah the santa tracking it's like something like that where their plane is flying over the north pole and they're picking up the sound from the North Pole, causing all of the elves to need to go into elf con mode 
in order to hide the fact that Santa Claus is hunkered down underneath the ice in, in uh, the North Pole. I think the biggest issue is that the North Pole fucking magically, well, magically, but it grew in the years that Tim Allen has become Santa. It went from being like hidden underground, this little workshop, to now it's a fucking city. Santa, yeah, Santa, Santa's been like you know industrializing. I'm like, no, no, no. The kids don't want your goddamn shitty wooden carving toys no more. No, no. And also, what we see too is get that, that PS2 out there. Come on, let's go. The North Pole now has like a magical colon that you fly out of to get to regular land. Whereas in the first Santa Claus, all they do is they go to that pole in the middle of the North Pole and they open it up and then, you know, you kind of go into the ground. And that was as, it. As the whimsy picks up, you know, that yeah. Christmas whimsy the elves music. The start singing and everybody's... But no, it's already going on here. Yeah. At first, when they were doing the whole, like, scanning around for sounds, I'm like, what are they doing? Like a fucking giant, like, elf version of, like, Battleship or something? <laughs> yeah. I was expecting them to be like... R three, you know, playing a playing Miss. elf game. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't really understand the whole opening and why it's so significant because it really has no bearing at no, all. No, because it just moves on. Nothing. To the, yeah, just yeah, it's moving. just like uh, here's a here's your introduction to Santa Claus in the North Pole. Did you know that Santa Claus lives in the North Pole? He lives in the North Pole. Here's the the geographical coordinates <laughs> of his North Pole layer. But, uh, yeah, so immediately, like, that doesn't really feel like a Santa Claus movie. And then they're playing fucking el- football. Yeah. Santa Claus is playing football with his small elves, and, and uh, Santa Claus is supposed to be doing a blitz. And he doesn't... Ugh, well, first of all, yeah, he doesn't blitz. But I, as I said, if he had blitzed, they would be finding a new elf to help for the... They, they, basically, they would have a help wanted sign out. <laughs> In the North Pole. First elf dead in like 900 <laughs> yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is the... Basically, yeah, this is the only elf that's died in, in centuries. And, and now, all of a sudden, Santa has tackled and murdered one of his elves <laughs> very near Christmas. Um, One thing that I find really interesting is that Santa now has a number two. like Because apparently his productivity has picked up. Well, the city's the North yeah. Pole's grown so much. They've industri- it's, it's fucking Portland now. Yeah, they've, indu- <laughs> yeah. they've industrialized. It's Portland for elves. They're <laughs> they're flocking there in droves and driving up the tax costs. Uh, he now has a number two, and that is played by um, uh, Spencer Breslin. Spencer Breslin. Yeah, that's right. That's Abigail Breslin's Ab- older brother, and at the time, like I said, I told you he was like the the new the next big like Disney kid. Because he, um, I remember clearly during that time period, he was in a shit ton of Disney, uh, yeah, or Disney the Bruce TV. Bruce Willis kid, yeah, the kid, the cat, cat in the, the hat. hat. Yeah, he was, sure, he was sure. also in a lot of the Disney Channel movies. Um, yeah, no, I remember him, him being a lot of crap and just thinking, like, why? He hasn't really done much since. Like most child actors. Yeah, not very much. In this one, he has a mullet, though. You said Hair. that very bother- it bothered you a lot. It did. Um, it's, Cause it's too, like bowl cut in the front and you know not long enough in the back, so it's like all party going on. Was it an intentional? Um, is that like an elfin sort of like special thing that they have going on? Like they have bad hair? No. I mean Bernard has bad hair. No, it's nice. Are you like you like the little it's dreadlock look? Qua- nice and quaffed. I don't know. He has a he has a uh, second in command, and the second in command. Is an asshole. Just I'm. I like roll. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Although when we first meet him, he's really like. Wouldn't you think that the Santa handbook doesn't really apply when you're an elf con? So if you're an elf con and everyone elf con four and you're, everyone's supposed to shut the fuck up so that Santa's lair isn't found. Yeah, he's like, oh wow. Well, and he I, said it doesn't I'm, break I, the rules that he's listening to music out loud. Because I'm, I, I, it helps creativity. In fact, the book encourages Yeah. Yeah, no. I don't, I don't think that applies during ElfCon 4. ElfCon 4 is like, shit's no, about is, to hit the fan, and yeah. like, you have to, you know, abide by the special rules of <laughs> ElfCon. It's probably a whole section on the ElfCon. Like, when it's ElfCon 2, you gotta be doing this, yeah. you know? Or that when it's elf country, you can do this, and this, you know. Which begs the question: like, when is there a time where elf con one is acceptable? It's just like you know what we're at the minimum range of needing 
No, no, they 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 go. Or does the it go op- backwards? Yeah, they do so it I'm opposite. Saying correct, so it'd be El- Elf. You know. Elfcon four is the one that's like the most minimum. Yeah. necessity. So what? When would there be a time where just Elfcon four would apply? Because it seems like even in this case, the airplane is flying overhead. They can't really tell in if like Elfcon one through four applies. They it's just they're taking a guess based on how close the plane gets to. So even if anybody is just like sort of exploring the area is I don't understand the elf conness. They should <laughs> just go pe- if a penguin gets too close, like oh. yeah. they should just go with basically the maximum level just in case. Why risk it? I don't I don't understand the rules of Elfcon stuff at the at the North Pole, but um I guess that's why I'm not an elf. But uh so so the entire plot of the Santa Claus two is based around what I would actually call a clever um, twist on the idea from the original Santa Claus, that they do it in a pretty good way. There's a twist that on the card from when Tim Allen originally puts on the Santa Claus suit and, and becomes the Santa Claus because of the first Santa Claus, there is a very, very, very minuscule little <laughs> piece of writing around the edges of the card that says there's a second clause, it's the Mrs. Claus. And that Santa has to get married does not specify really a time frame that we know about, but apparently it's within eight years. And uh, the this is hidden around as like sort of like this white little ribbon around the, the index card that, that he's provided. So which begs the question, why, why, the, why did nobody inform him of it before right that would be one no, especially question. especially because spencer breslin is the keeper of the rules so yeah. he know, knows good and damn well hey buddy by the way you, you gotta get a lady up in here and start you know that would be that would be one really big question is what why did no one ever feel the need maybe elves don't experience time in the same way that we do so they were like well we got the time they kept procrastinating and then eventually it was too that, late that wouldn't make sense though because I know. christmas is once a year so you already know a year's gone around like i know Oops, eight, eight no, it, doesn't, it doesn't make sense but why wait eight years to have to get married i guess i guess i will say that though somebody was really an asshole who designed designed this card this business card of like this is the clause and it seems like it was written in so that anybody's taking on the santa claus uh, persona get, is like getting ass fucked for this because like, it's yeah, like you well, really don't want this job, but you're gonna be you're like you're forced into it. Like you're, you know, making sure that they don't know the the terms of their acceptance. I don't know why they would do that, but well, you know what? He should have got a lawyer before he put that. That is true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime you see Santa Claus now and there's like a suit or something, get a lawyer first. Like uh, I just want to make sure that I'm I'm clear on the terms of agreement. It's like you know, like you, how like after watching that South Park episode, you'll always read the Apple's uh, end user license yeah. agreement to make, to make sure you know you're like I'm not gonna get turned into a human sentai ass, am I? You know, whoever designed this card was an asshole. That's for sure. Uh, but yeah, you're right. Why would why would for why would uh, Curtis not inform Santa of this like a long time ago? Because he is a stickler for the rules, and obviously Bernard would know as well. He's and Bernard non- has sort of softened over the years uh, because in the first one he was actually a nice um, a character who would deliver a lot of good acerbic humor. And um, you've been waiting. To- <laughs> no, I haven't actually. It just came to me, but you know. But uh, <laughs> we're gonna. That's gonna have to be a new uh, gimmick on the podcast. Just having a tracker of <laughs> all <laughs> words you just bandy out there, like, like, just like, like yep. you're like waiting for like to use this. It's use true. It, yeah. yeah, I do like using words. It's fun. <laughs> but uh, I mean, no, I do too. But it's just yeah. You know, it's- <laughs> But uh, I did like, you know, Bernard in the first one's sort of a highlight because he stands out as being the one person who's not super giddy about Christmas. He's sort of... Yeah, he's pissed he's off. Down, yeah, he's and down like, to earth. He's, you know, not super happy with Tim Allen coming in and, you know, being sort of hesitant about accepting the position. Well, maybe... Well, well because someone's dead. True. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so he's like... So, yeah, he's like, shit, now we gotta go get the body and, yeah, you know... that is true. I You forget about that, <laughs> the sort of morbid details of, like, <laughs> the first one, like, oh, oh, yeah, he's dead. That nice little gentle, like, you know, as he's lying there up just about before he dies, <laughs> wa- <laughs> you know, waving to Charlie, like, have fun. Maybe he's like, sweet release. That's I, right. You know, I finally... 
Yeah. Unfortunately, none of those elves are really going to get any um, closure from that, too. Of, you know, because Tim Allen immediately takes over. Mm. So there's really no, you know, we don't see the Santa Claus one and a half, the funeral, <laughs> after Christmas. You know, something like that. But <laughs> they're never going to get closure from it. But anyway, yeah, I mean, in this one, Bernard has really sort of sweetened up to the whole... Uh, oh, it's Christmas! Right, yeah, Scott, he's, he's, really, he's really gotten on Scott Calvin's good side. He's... He's become Scrooge at the end of a Christmas story, going, it's Christmas, it's Christmas! Yeah. Just like, you know, like, what are we going to do? Ooh, you know, yeah, he like, seems super giddy in this one. Just like, flamboyant for no reason. Like, you know, I mean, he's still not like Curtis in that, like he's sticking to the rules, or uh, he's still sort of well, businessy. Well, but well, the difference is, in the first one, he was sarcastic and pompous yeah. and really dry, which was funny. Here with Curtis taking on that rule role, but he's also a stickler for the rules, which instantly makes him unlikable because nobody likes like Alley Cornetop Love Section Five. <laughs> you know, nobody likes that, and the fact he's a fucking kid. You know, so, and he's, well, he's nine hundred years old. He's a fucking kid. <laughs> um, you know, it's just it doesn't work. I don't think the dynamic works as well. Yeah, I think, I think it would have been better to keep Bernard being the st- you know. The stickler and yeah, having like maybe Spencer Breslin be like the oh Santa can't wait to be doing all this fun shit oh yeah maybe they didn't want a stickler though because they already have uh, Carol played by Elizabeth Mitchell as the main person antagonist sort of stickler person at the beginning of the film where she's sort of the uh, the very serious principal who's. Uh, frigid, yeah, ice cold, exactly, yeah, ice queen, basically. I, eyes and vagina are the gaping maw, like <laughs> where like you know uh, stars go to die, you know. That's true. He even had a, she even had like a student look into her eyes and she's like, "What do you see?" And she's like, "Death." Yeah. <laughs> it's it's cold. cold and I see nothingness, <laughs> just the void. And she's like, "Good, you'll be picking up trash for the rest of your life." Can't do that anymore. She'd be, you know, she's fired for that. She's a little too harsh in this one. I don't, I don't know that the superintendent or the board members would be on board with that. It'll be a little bit nicer to your students. Make yeah. sure they run all over you. <laughs> uh, but I, maybe that's why they, they kind of toned Bernard down in favor of having Carol be that sort of person who's on the Ryer side. Um, at the same time, uh, I think that with there, there's actually two main <coughs> ideas at play in the Santa Claus two. There's the whole uh, Tim Allen has to get married because it's part of the Mrs. Claus. So there's him and exploring his dating life and explore, you know, and then going out with Carol. And that's one aspect of it, him, him in the real world. And then you have the other side of it, which is uh, Curtis creating this sort of clone plastic, Toy Santa. Toy Santa, and then letting him loose in the North Pole and letting him do his thing to to make it so that that they see, like, the, the elves think that Santa is still there and making sure that Christmas goes as according to plan. Which is dumb as hell. Why the, would you the, ever the, hide they, it? Just, they've been doing it for, like, a thousand years, you know, last, the you know, the eight years before, they got on just fine, you know, getting Christmas up to speed in time for Scott Calvin to... Make his way up to the North Pole because you know he killed Santa and he's been gone all year. They, you know, Bernard was running a tight ship, but now because he's all, "Hoodles of fun," <laughs> you know. Now they're, they're having too much fun and they can't focus. They're playing too much football in the dumbest way possible. They're having too much hot cocoa. Yeah, and they're le- apparently just letting some reindeer run all over the place rampant and not teaching them how to fly properly. Yeah, Chet, because Chet's a fuck up. <laughs> and he only gets some some action when all the other reindeer are, are sort of out. But yeah, I mean, I mean, I feel like that that subplot with the the toy is literally like like what makes the idea of this movie like totally a Disney Channel like movie type thing. Yeah, and it's like oh, here's this you know he's taking her on a date. Let's go back to the North Pole. Uh oh. <laughs> Shenanigans ensue <laughs> with like trombone sounds, no. slide trombone, <laughs> <laughs> and 
And uh, lots of sound effects, too. I really don't like that plot with the plastic toy Santa. I think if you got rid of that, you might have an actually fairly good Santa Claus movie that captures a, some of the tone of the original film. Well, what they would have to do, you do that, get rid of the stupid toy plot, toy yep. Santa plot, running amok in the North Pole. And then instead of making it 28 days for him to get married... Do it like in the first film. You got a year. Right, yeah. And so he's like transforms back into regular old Scott Calvin, but he does have a little bit of magic to try to work his magic. Yeah. And then he, you know. Because those parts are the ones that actually work. And it almost seems like that part of the script was salvaged from something that was worked on previously, like directly after the original Santa Claus. So the Mrs. Claus part of this film seems like it was already an idea. They may have already had it in the works for a sequel and it kind of got shelved and then afterwards somebody else came on and they said you know what i don't know if we can stretch this out to a 90 minute film let's add another like disney subplot to this to make it and make it more you know child friendly yeah exactly exactly ramp the fart jokes up and yeah because this the original santa claus is um family friendly but it's also not super like childish it's it's more of a fa- like yeah. a family movie. You you c- adults will get some of the humor in it. Kids will like some of the uh, the other antics to it. Um, but you know it was more of a family movie. And the Santa Claus Two is sort of the opposite. It's gotten rid of the family element, and it's really more for kids. Um, and but I think that the Mrs. Claus aspect of it does work in some extent, and it also has some of the charms of the original. Uh, Santa Claus, the whole scene with Molly Shannon that we have at the beginning of this film <laughs> or at the beginning of this podcast of her doing a Shania Twain rendition, uh, which is a, a v- actually really well written. Uh, uh, kudos to whoever wrote that part of the, the film with the Shania Twain um, song, because that's a really <laughs> clever mm-hmm. usage of basically every single rhythm in that song. It, mm-hmm. it hits it to a T. So I don't know if Molly, Molly Shannon came up with that, but. Whoever did. I'd like to think so. Whoever did, it's great. It seems like something she could write. Uh, But she does a great job with that. It's probably one of the standout moments of the Santa Claus 2. And it also has that sort of same feeling of the original Santa Claus. um, That, like, that sort of humor... and and that sense of like sort of like adultness as well because we're we're basically we're on a date with adults now we're not really in the the child friendly areas of the North Pole with Toy Santa I think that works a lot better I wish they would have just gotten rid of the Toy Santa part in general because they like you said if it took place over like a year first of all that makes it a little bit more realistic like no one would have forgotten about this until there's 28 days until Christmas it just doesn't make sense given that uh, eight years has taken place and that. The, the contract would be so cruel that, like, Christmas is coming and you're losing your magic. Exactly. So, like, you're going to screw all those kids over, you know. And then you also have um, the fact that this doesn't really give a lot of time to reconcile, like, regular things about, like, their relationship. Like, all of a sudden, um, there's a, a point where Tim Allen does a, this whole thing, this whole big magic show where he goes on a, a horse-drawn carriage ride through the snow um, they go to this party. He gives out secret Santa presents to everybody and their antique gifts. They're not they're, even antique. They're That's not antique. That, but. The way she, you know, was like, oh, antique. Yeah. But yeah. They're, they're older style gifts that people had wished for when they were younger. And as you mentioned, we don't see a crossfire in there. It's unfortunate. <laughs> Did see a creepy crawler. There was a creepy crawler set. Uh, there was a Rock, something. Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Yep, Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Holly Hobby. Uh, hobby kitchen. hobby i don't really know not really something that i that's a little that's, ever that's older yeah that's like uh before the easy bake and then there was toss across which uh sounds like it's just a uh, cornhole it's ba- it's tic-tac-toe with beanbags so you just basically yeah, at least ha- sort of cornhole but well we had that too that was yeah. just called tic-tac yeah it's tic-tac-toe basically and you just throw the beanbag and you try to get tic-tac-toe with it a little bit more skill involved than just you know writing x's and o's so <laughs> Um, but the guy who does that sort of looks like he's, he seems like Purd Hadley from Parks and Rec. I don't know if you've seen that before, but Purd is a, a newscaster and he just gets excited over everything. That's, no. That's what that guy sounded like in there. Toss the cross! <laughs> Going nuts for it. But, uh, after that whole thing, you know, there's this scene where they, you know, they share an intimate moment. Um. As intimate, intimate for a Disney movie. Yep. Um, <laughs> basically again... A peck on the cheek. 
uh, Carol's ovaries are sort of gone into overdrive, as we see a re- earlier in the film too, when she's when uh, Scott Calvin is ta- talking to a little girl and that just came up to her and, and, and asked, "All him your for Christmas stuff. wishes will come true." Um, the look, yeah. She, oh yeah, no, the look she gives gives him is like, "Ooh, that, the clock's ticking here." Basically, you can see the shiver <laughs> that she, runs through her. It's like, "Whoa!" Uh, but uh, after that, you know, so she's thinking. Scott Calvin, this was so magical. There must have been some magic involved. I can't believe that you would be able to get me the gift that I told you one hour ago that I really wanted as a kid. And she's thinking, you know, it must be magic. And then Scott actually tells her, you know what? I am Santa Claus. And she doesn't believe him. She thinks he's just trying to get out of the relationship. Later on, we see uh, Scott's kid, this fucking kid, who's super annoying and going through very annoying puberty throughout the film. Um, and didn't quite make it into the cast of Goodfellas. <laughs> I know. He looks like a cross between Goodfellas and uh, wh- whoever that guy is from mm-hmm. The Sopranos. Yeah. Joey or so- I don't know what his name is, but uh, he, look- he does look like that. But he-, she- he tells Carol, you know what? My dad really is Santa, and I want you to look at this snow globe that I got. And she immediately believes by looking into the snow globe. Because seeing is believing. And so believing is seeing. The problem with that is that <laughs> she's fucking seen a whole bunch of magical shit. How many towns decorate every single tree on the square with Christmas lights? You know how many man hours that would take? Um, You know, when does it snow there? You know, magically just a dust up comes and it snows. And how would anybody get all those presents in such short span of time? But you know what? I saw one little snow globe that had some, uh, you know, some swirly uh, flurries in it. And I believe it doesn't make any sense, and that's because well, what my great is if she actually shook it, and then he cut yeah, yeah, he's like, fuck no, I can't. <laughs> at, at, right after he got flown to the North Pole by the Tooth Fairy, I actually like, thought that. Yeah, like, I thought that would happen because you know she he does like kind of shake it, and she kind of shakes it, yeah. and you know that's that's the whole thing from the first film. He can appear at any time, but yeah. And you doesn't... brought up a good point too, in like the whole scene where they all get these gifts from Santa, you know, the adults do, yeah. You're like, man, Santa's really vindictive. He is, yeah. So, so it's like, so what, I so what's his reason? Like, they, like, oh, if he, but if that's the stuff that they really wanted, yeah, Santa they, was like, no, and, he did, no. and they didn't get it. It's not like he didn't believe. It's not like he <coughs> had to give them all. Excuse me, um, everything they wanted, but at least like if they were, you know, the good, last one, you know, thing. you, you know, know, the good thing, like the one thing that they really wanted. And he's like, sorry, you, you got, you know. You got a paddle ball instead. Yeah. Well, the the other thing is too, like with the vindictive Santa Claus, and obviously this wasn't Scott Calvin at the time, so we don't know. Maybe Scott's not like that anymore. Maybe he's like no. He's... The other guy was a prick. Let me tell you, <laughs> he was a prick. I'm not like that. But um, in in this one, you know, we do see like he knows all this stuff about people. He knows that they didn't get what they want. It's a little creepy. Because he can really manipulate people's emotions. He, you, we totally see that happening with Carol. She's totally manipulated within two days of meeting Scott and really getting to know him. She's manipulated. He's he's already manipulated her with all of his magic. And that really has done all of the, you know, who knows if she, it's supposed to be true love. But who knows if she's really in love. Towards the end of the film, she doesn't even really seem like she's that much in love. She's like, this has all been so fast. And then, yeah, then Tim Allen has to lay the guilt trip. Well, you know, if you don't marry me, then uh, Christmas is... Nobody gets presents. All the kids stop stop believing. Christmas Uh, is ruined. uh, Ed over there gets swallowed up by a mystical monster (laughs) because the North Pole disappears. Uh, Yeah, everything ends. But uh, you know what? You don't have to marry me if it's... That's fine. It's a little bit of a creepy... uh, creepy scenario and i think if you know if they had cut out the plastic santa part of it they would have more time to expand on that a little bit at least make it so that there's not this like dire ultimatum that because even they did even point out too when um because now you know uh judge reinold and crew they're all they're all gung-ho with scott you know and like oh we're all the hip you know the happy family you know the premise that would later uh go on to make the will ferrell and uh Mark Wahlberg uh, vehicle, the one of the step parents that work together. Oh yeah, yeah, Daddy's home too. Yeah, yeah, that one and two. Yeah, so that's like basically what, like you no, know, this is before that because you know like, oh, how's it going, Scott? Yeah, oh, isn't this great, wonderful? And, oh, you know, I know. So and they, but they even bring up though when they were first like talking around, like, oh, it took you three years to ask, you know, of dating to marry me. 
And Judge Reinhold's like, wow, don't you just have commitment issues. <laughs> you know, like, the first time I met her, day one, I ran out to Kay, got her a ring. I don't even know he gets her a ring. I don't think we see that. I mean, they are married. What? Judge Reinhold. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I thought you meant um, Scott and Carol. No, no, they have a shotgun wedding. Like, yeah. hey, like, hey, I gotta go deliver presents. Wait, you got one more thing to do. Oh, yeah. Will you marry me? I don't 30 seconds that's to it. midnight. Yep, that's yes, okay. Mother Nature, get, you're not get, in here. Get my suit, you know. Yeah. Don't you love it in movies, too, when, like, someone's getting married and someone's like, go home, kiss her. Not required. Is it? No, I know it's not required. You can do whatever you want, yeah. you know. You can do, like, if you want a hug or, like, yep. you know. Yeah, like, but doesn't that always feel, like, creepy? Like, like, go on. They don't want to. Like, go on, kiss. It's like a, this is, this is basically, like, green card marriage. <laughs> For for Carol, she's doing it because as a favor. She's like, I'm not. I just want you to know, I'm not going to live here. <laughs> I'm not sleeping in the same bed. These elves are creepy. Uh, I'm going back home after this. I I want to be a bitch to more high school kids. Um, uh, totally thing- totally gets off on that, <laughs> yeah. which is weird. Then like when we see like the whole like when she's like doing the community service thing, and she's like these when the the one guy's like oh. Gang members, you know, in like the whitest suburb of America. Like, gang bangers. Gang bangers, you know. <laughs> these gang bangers that don't look anything like, get, they literally look like rich white suburban kids. You know, like, oh, get these gang bangers away. I don't want them scratching my car. And she's like, they're not gang bangers. They're good kids. Yeah, not, yeah. That, this is like the, probably the best neighborhood in the area. Because it's the most expensive school, like the best school in the area. Uh... And you've seen the community, obviously yeah. going through the community. It's it's a really nice community. So like yeah, sleigh ride through you know yeah exactly magical you know magical wonderland. No gang bangers about it here. But the one thing they are right about is that dude's legs do look bad in the shorts. He's very weak, weak need. <laughs> I would say they were right about that. <laughs> um, nice John Stockton s shorts. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, but, uh, so, I really wish that they would have taken more time with the actual relationship, expanded it a little bit, made it a little bit more realistic, um, and cut out some of the other, like, sort of stupid... Disney. Chi- yeah, Disney childish stuff that, that comes up, because, uh, really, none of that is worth discussing, even. It's, re- there's nothing to it that is, stands out as being, like, fun or interesting, um, maybe only that they sort of show... Santa Claus in almost like Nazi regalia or like Mussolini's yeah. uh, squad. That's really the only thing that's interesting about it. But other than that, I I really like the whole when he, they first have Toy Santa drink the cocoa and he's like, ha, 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 whoa, cocoa, whoa, that's a that's good, yeah, that's gives me gives me a lot of energy. Whoa, it's like <laughs> I feel like you know that was some smart ass writer like. Tim Allen got busted cocaine in the 70s, you know? Yeah, right. Throw a nice little coke joke in there, you know? (laughs) (laughs) That is true. That's probably the only... That was, you know, that was good. That's the only thing. I don't don't like anything else about the the whole Toy Santa thing. It's really, you know... And it's also, we see that this, that aspect of it brings out the worst in, we'll later see in Toy Toy Story, (laughs) in the Santa Claus 3, because that is sort of the same idea... And it gets even worse in the Santa Claus 3. So, I again, I'm sort of stuck feeling like part of this was written earlier. And, and so they, they hired people to finish it up. Exactly. That's that's my I, my thoughts on Santa Claus 2 being the way that it is sort of like off kilter in that sense. Like they all seem like two different aspects of a film. Um, but uh, one thing that we can agree on is it's... It's always good uh, to see uh, Peter Boyle here again. Here. Yeah. Him and Kevin Pollack. I was thinking, you know, like, yeah. Oh, God, Kevin Pollack. Yeah. That's, you know, Cupid. <laughs> I know. I uh, I just, it's kind of weird that they have Peter Boyle come back. Uh, and yet, I don't know why, but it works for me. I don't. I mean, maybe he was the one that was like, you know what? You're doing a Santa, another Santa Claus. I want to be in it. He just showed up. And yeah. Like, uh, like, yeah, hey, you, he, hey, no, he's like, hey, you look like Father Time. That's a n- neat little aspect. It does kind of remind me of, like, the Fairly Odd Parents, like, Christmas episode with, like, 
the April Fools and the Easter Bunny and yeah. New Year's. Baby. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It does. Yeah, there's. It's very similar in that in that yeah. respect to it. And I think what would have been an interesting idea that they could have like done like with the Fairly Odd Parents did. Uh, with with Fairly Odd Parents, um, all the fairies lose their magic on Christmas Day. Because it's all given to Santa, so, so Santa can do what he needs to do to give all the presents to the children. When Timmy wishes for Christmas every, every day, he can't f- fix it because the fairies, his fair, you know, Cosmo and Wanda don't have any uh, magic. Santa has all the magic, and you know, to get that to change, he had to have the kids, you know, believe in Santa to. You know, and wish for Christmas to stop, and so that could be you know done. So I think the, the idea that would have been interesting here is with the whole Santa's magic level here, being like you know like ha- and going off the whole seeing is believing bullshit. Have like you know like got to like have like a moment where like like kids and st- everyone starts to believe in Santa and believe in the Christmas spirit. Not so much Santa, but I guess like the whole like Christmas spirit uh, and you know to help kind of. Give Tim Allen like little magical boosts that time. So yeah, that's that's another thing too. Like Tim Allen has has like a limited supply of magic, but you would think that as he uses that magic to do magical things for people, that the magic would then increase again because they would believe at that point. Mm. Like at the Christmas party when they're all given their gifts mm. that only you know their parents or mm-hmm. Santa would know, they should then believe a little bit more, and so that would boost the Christmas magic for Tim Allen. So he was you know it's sort of like Paying it forward. He does something nice. He uses some of his magic and they give more back for it. Um, that doesn't happen here. Use dead eye to hit somebody, you know, shoot somebody in the head. And then you do it manually and you get some more dead yeah. eye back. So yeah. you can go back into dead eye. That's right. That's right. But yeah, no, I think that would have been because this whole magic thing is not even fucking explained. It's just, like, no. hey, hey, by the way, you know, got some magic. And if you don't have enough, you get them back. Which, again, doesn't make any sense, because in the first film, uh, Bernard can, just shows up at the house, you know, magically. He's got his own magic, and, you know. True, yep. So where the hell is his, ma- you know, elven magic? The elves come to save Santa from the jail. Yeah. How do they get there? Oh, they had, like, the, uh, yeah, no, they had magic, too. Yeah. By the way, where are they? Oh, the special, yeah, the yeah. special elves, yeah. What do they call them? Elves with attitude. Yeah. Elves with attitude. Um, one thing we didn't talk about is, uh, the serious lack of Judge Reinhold in this film, though. He gets second billing, He's, too. I know, he does. He gets second billing, but he really doesn't get much time in the film itself. I just love how every time he sees Tim Allen, he's like, hey, bud! Hey, hey, how's it going, bud? Hey, bud! Still, it's been eight years later, it's 2001, 2002, still rocking those sweaters. Like nineteen ninety, he hasn't changed at all in this film. Really, no. they could have shot his. Ha- the only thing that changed about him is is, is like his hairline is shr- a, yeah, a little bit. It's yeah. a little receded, but other they could have shot those those scenes in uh, the same time <laughs> as the Santa Claus one, and you wouldn't really know. Or at least they did a good job of making sure they got the same type of sweaters because they are just as hideous as the Santa Claus. They're not hideous; they're beautiful. <laughs> one like says literally like igloo on it or something, even though it's not really supposed to. It looks like it says like a word on it because the pattern is that bad with it. But uh, I don't know. I wish they had gotten Neil in there a little bit more. I wanted to see. More antics with Neil and Scott because it, 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 in this film, Scott, you know, has sort of outgrown some of his sarcastic attitude. He's he, for the most part he has up until when he has to go to the uh, the, the high school. Yeah, the conference. Yeah, he yeah. sort of like slips back into yeah regular Scott from from the original Santa Claus, which is that's why there's some of my favorite moments because he does have that sort of sarcastic attitude at times. God, what was it he said when she was like rambling, uh, rambling on about something about hold this, hold up this lecture, just or something about a lecture, and we'll get off the train from this lecture or something like that. Yeah, I can't remember exactly what his line was, but like basically get to the point. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty funny. Um, don't you don't you love the the Disney esque version of like of uh, explaining uh, getting a boner? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Oh. You know, this I hang out with this girl and I go to the mall with her and stuff and then all you know, when we're really good friends and all of a sudden I start to 
notice her hair and how she looks, and now I have a weird feeling in the pit of my stomach, <laughs> and I care about how I look and stuff. Well, that's why Charlie's on the naughty list, because he had a wet dream and <laughs> immediately put you on the naughty list. Can't be having those unpure thoughts. It's, it's kind of like... um codename kids next door is like once you hit like 13 it's like all right you're no longer you know part yeah, of it so you like can't be. so now he's getting wet dreams like all right now you're done and honestly home. he's probably just on the naughty list because he's fucking annoying he's also become an expert repeller somehow yeah i know when did who gave you know taught him did he learn from the elves you know like, what though no you know what was one year santa claus brought bungee cords and Lanyards Carabiners and, and stuff and was like, here you go, you know. <laughs> Start your own repelling club. And then also became an expert graffiti artist at age fourteen, you know. <laughs> and a speedster at that. He's he's doing like massive graffiti murals in fifteen minutes. In which the principal just happens to be there too. Yeah. And while he's doing I'm doing this to Im- impress you know, impress the girl. And she's just sitting there like watching, like who like <laughs> yeah, who wants to? Why watch? would you? Why would you bring her to show you do it? Wouldn't you want to show her afterwards? Like, look what I did. Yeah, you know that would be like the the real bad boy thing. Like, look, I finished it. I didn't get caught. Hmm. He gets ca- caught. I know, the- but we do get, we do get the like. She's like, this is dangerous, <laughs> Charlie. I kind of like it. Yeah, <laughs> and as yeah, your, but, but and, 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 and as your good old wife said, oh, she's horny. Yeah, you know what though. <laughs> uh when he got caught, she's never to be seen again. So she got, she basically, she was like, oh, you know, no, he's a loser. He got no, caught. No, she, she was there uh, when they were snowballing. The oh, that's house. true. Yeah, they were. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But then that whole line is just dropped. Yeah, that's and, dropped too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. That thread. Um, so the Santa Claus 2 brings up a lot of interesting ideas that aren't explored in the film. And one that I saw going around on the internet, which I thought was pretty uh, fun to talk about, was the fact that if if Tim Allen has a Mrs. Claus, then so did the previous Santa. So what where did Mrs. Claus go before? Uh, that's it's an like does she immediately like disintegrate when Santa Claus does at the when he falls off the roof? Um, does she is she like forced to like be just forced out? Like no, all right. So there's no she more. Turns back into yeah. a normal. She wasn't there when the, he got back. So yeah, right. She just like the elves just like throw her out. Packed her bag yep. and like, you know. Like, no more. No, And they don't even send her with a reindeer or anything. No, just, just like, like, you're out. Find your way back from the North Pole. That's it. Sorry. Santa's gone. <laughs> got a new one coming in. Yeah. So, yeah, she's gone. There's there's no sign of her. Uh, so, who knows what happens to Mrs. Claus once, you know, Mr. Claus dies. Also, one thing I think about in this film is... You know, especially with the lifestyle lifespan of the elves, you know, we're talking 900 years here. Obviously, Santa Claus lives on in perpetuity, like you say, like to say, uh, the, that fun word. Uh, what happens when his son dies? Charlie dies because Charlie's he's going to outlive Charlie for sure. So you have to cast magic on Charlie to be like, here you go. No, uh, he's just probably going to sit there solid in like his chair, like seeing some familiar faces. <laughs> What a, you know, just like, yeah, just like, yeah, I was thinking about that. Like, there's no, like, you can't like turn Charlie into an elf or anything. He's human. He's going to, he's going to die. Yeah. Neil and your ex. They're all going to die. Santa's going to have to watch all of his family and friends die. And how do you think that feels to know? Like, like all the children, like he knows them and that they've been good and the thing they want and stuff. So like, what if like, what about that little girl from the first one that was, Nice enough to remember that Scott was lactose intolerant and yeah. changed it up. And, like, he's going to be sitting, like, 70 years from now, like, huh? Yeah. Dorothy just passed. Yeah, that, kid, that kid's <laughs> dead. Yeah, actually, that that's probably, it'd probably be awful to be Santa Claus because, like... That's why, as you you're, said... You're getting, like, notifications in your head all the time, like, oh, that one died, that one died, that one died, that one died. It's, uh, it's like, uh... When uh, we were talking about his uh, rosy cheeks, you're like, yep, he's been, you know, drinking. That's, you know, that's Probably. Why, that's why he's drinking. He's just, he's, he's, li- this is literally Bruce Almighty before Bruce Almighty. He's basically God, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah. He's got to deal with all of that. The, the death all the time of people he once delivered toys to. <laughs> uh, all right. So the other, uh. The other um, question that I had... No, th- I think that was it, wasn't it? Was that the last one? I think I don't that was know. the last one. I think that was the last one. Um, How'd you like the reindeer fart jokes? 
Yeah, no, they're they're awful. And I, and, and the they took the comet was sassy in the first one, like literally ramped it up to yeah idiot child levels. Like, I really hate like all of the North Pole stuff in this film. I just get rid of most of it, and I would be fine with it. I really hate the whimsical music. Yeah, it's too whimsical. Yeah, it, it's it is. There's a lot of it. It's kind of like how in the first movie when you go to the North Pole and that whimsy, like, Christmas time! Yeah, I uh, hate it. Hate it. And then this whole film soundtrack is nothing but whimsy, overly whimsical Christmas music and the, the worst of the worst early 2000s pop punk, you know? Yeah. Really weird combination of you get, like, the pop punk and then you get, as, as uh, Molly Shannon's character says, the country western... Uh, Santa's got a brand new bag at the end of the film, too. So, you get really weird, like, different... I feel like she had pers- to have ad-libbed that. Because literally, no, I don't think anyone since, like, the 1940s would be like, Check out this new country western song! You know? <laughs> the, yeah, the country western. Actually. Yeah, it is, that is funny. Um, I would have been great if Molly Shannon was Mrs. Claus. Yeah. yeah. Just, like, running around, I baked cookie, you know? She would have been great as Mrs. Claus. One thing I would like to see in, like, the Santa Claus 4 is, like... Take on Frosty the Snowman. Make it, like, Godzilla movies. Like, now that... The next I, one's gonna be Jack Frost, like, then Frosty, well, and then... Well, sort of like that, but I would have rather have seen, like, you know, through some accidental Christmas magic, the old Santa Claus comes back from the dead, but he's, like, you know, like, he's a rotting, <laughs> undead, a rotting undead corpse Santa Claus, and, like, I want my job back. <laughs> and they have to, you know, they have to take... This undead Santa Claus on at the North Pole. It would have been more fun. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe. Maybe after Last Man Standing wraps up, Tim Allen's going to be like... Huh? Or, you know, Santa Claus 4, Santa gets a lawyer. And then just all the like the legal battles that Santa or has Santa to... Santa gets a di- divorce, you know. Well, yeah. Another but, like, <laughs> well, like, so what happens if... um, uh, Let's just say on like the minimal spectrum, Santa gets a present... And then the parents accidentally get that present too for the kid. So, like, because the, the elves have been building this shit. So, they've already sort of got this idea in their head of, like, this is the ultimate present that I think this it's, kid wants. I think it's, um. He gets them the stuff that. He, the parents aren't going to get that yeah. he knows. Yeah, but what if they change maybe their that's mind like, at so the so so maybe like, that's what so maybe that's why those kids don't end up with the the gifts that they want the most. He's like, I'll leave that to the parents so they can, and then they don't come through. Yeah. And they, wow. Shitty parents yeah, all yeah, around. Yeah. You know, deep deep there. You know? Or you know what happens if? But he got them. He got that one family a fucking canoe though. In the that's first true. Door. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but what if Santa Claus gets the kid a gift and then the parents are really pissed about that gift? That's why Santa needs a lawyer. Because then they like, have, oh, thanks, Santa, for yeah, fucking exactly. uh, getting my kid Mr. Bucket. Now that thing just runs around. Or like, or like a drum kid, set. Yeah. And now this kid is just fucking loud on the drum set. <laughs> so he has legal battles to deal with. It's like Santa Claus 4 suits. Something like that. <laughs> Law and order Santa Claus 4. <laughs> I want to see that. Like, just the ins and outs of, like, the, the court, legal process of Santa Claus. Court battle with Hangem High McCoy. Yeah. <laughs> I, w- I would love to see that. Good ideas for Santa Claus 4 if anybody's out there listening and, you know, they're trying to make a new one. Kids like the legal system. (laughs) So many of them are embroiled in it nowadays. (laughs) They like it. (laughs) Popular Christmas, uh, popular Christmas uh, dilemma is the the court system. Here you go, kids. I got you this uh, law book. Educational, too, how to navigate it. (laughs) The ins and, you know... The ins and outs of America's courts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ins and outs to copyright law when you make your fucking YouTube videos and your Twitch streams and you're getting sued by the Nintendo for, you know, copyright infringement for streaming the new Mario game. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? That they get copyright that, struck for, like, stuff like that, streaming? and Well, Nintendo was doing that. They, they were, uh, were making it so people couldn't monetize their videos on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Dumb. Fucking dumb. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, sometimes like they copy strike their own stuff on accident because like an automated system. Yeah. So they, you know, all of a sudden they see their own video and just oh. copyright it. So yeah. All right, so we got to rate this thing because I think that's pretty much it. For me. <laughs> I don't really have anything more to say about the film itself. 
Yeah. Like a lot of them I'll probably lose by five. Yeah, I know, right? You're <laughs> going to develop laryngitis down here in a second. All right. That'd so... be good. Then I won't, then I'd be out of work. <laughs> wow, yeah. you don't need to talk. Oh, yeah, you do, don't you? Yeah, talking to a headset. Yeah, you got to talk in your headset. That's yeah. Right. And they don't, and they don't like you, um, do like cleaning or something. Oh. Um, they send you home. Mm, so. Mm, it's rough. It's rough. All right. So out of, um, 10 toss across games, what would you give? The Santa Claus 2. I'll give it a 5. This is a pretty boring and pedantic movie. Um, I do like the idea of the Mrs. Claus. I think, you know, because one of the great things, at least in my mind, that makes the first Santa Claus so good is the the idea, the concept of it, of the Santa Claus. It's really cool, really interesting, and they do, you know, get a lot of mileage out of it. Here, I think that well was tapped dry in the first film. You didn't need a second one. But the idea here is good, but they do nothing with it. In fact, for the mo- even though it's the crux of the film, it's literally the C-plot of the movie as we deal with Toy Santa and Spencer Breslin and all this other annoying crap. And um, it really just comes across as a movie that was meant to be on the Disney Channel, but they forgot they had Tim Allen in it, so they were like, well, it's got to go to theater, so. True. Um, and apparently it had a budget of $65 million, which blows my mind, because I would love to know where that money went, because the the North Pole looks like crap. <laughs> and, you yeah. know. And um, the CGI is bad. The CGI is not good. The, um, where they're at, like, the like John Hughes-esque location um, Apparently it was British Columbia where they filmed it. I know, but it, I mean, like it looks like like every like sh- Chicago suburb when you've seen like a John Hughes movie. Yeah. Um, it's just really bland looking. So I mean, like I don't know where that that money went, but it must have been all to Tim Allen and Peter Boyle. <laughs> but um, yeah, I it's this is really a big step down from the first film, and I still have a lot of nostalgia and love for the first film. And I think as we're going to do our holiday drinking game this year with that, instead of Christmas with the cranks, um, yeah, I'll give it a five massive step down, massive letdown. And I have no reason to ever go back to this movie. And I remember now why I've only seen like once or twice and never really recalled it outside of the Mrs. Claus aspect of it. Yeah, I'd give it like a a 5.5. I think it has some moments that work and sort of seem like they're uh, a continuation of the first film. Uh, Mrs. Claus being probably the most prominent. And anything that has to do with the Mrs. Claus, that's that's like my favorite aspect of this film. Uh, It's when it gets into the the second area of the film with the, the really terrible plot about the toy Santa that it just loses all momentum. And I really wish they would have just gotten rid of all of that scrapped it and just gone with the more adult approach of just having this this uh aspect where santa has to find a marriage and give it a little bit more time to expand on it rather than just rushing into it and then finally having him marry her in like the last 30 seconds of the uh the christmas eve night um so if they'd gotten rid of all that i think it would have been a much better film uh it tries to be a little bit too childish and so it's where it falls in that aspect where it tries to, um, you know, just cater towards kids too much. They'll understand some of the more adult aspects of it that you leave in there. So you really don't need to, like, dumb it down for the kids. And here is really where you could have gone with the the uh, Home Alone approach of just doing a copy-paste of the first film. Except this time it's not Santa becoming Santa, it's Santa finding a Mrs. Claus. Do a copy-paste, follow the same rubric, and you're good. Uh, and I think they just, they tried to stray too far from that. And then as we'll do probably, we'll do next year for the Santa Claus three, the escape clause, they really went one step further down the road of having like a toy Santa slash antagonist at the North pole. And that really dumbed it down. And I think probably killed the franchise. Uh, cause it didn't, I don't think it really did that well. And, uh, that's where this was headed to. And that's why sort of this one is, this is okay, but it's not really at the, the greats of the original. Uh, but it certainly is not as bad as what we'll then see in the Santa Claus 3. So 5.5 for me. Well, I, for, I did forget to mention the point when you did mention the one time when Toy Santa makes like the face and he looks like Jiminy Glick. Oh, yeah. That was great. Yeah, he does. 
He looks like Jiminy Glick. I why couldn't the third film been the Santa Claus versus Jiminy Glick? Yeah, <laughs> just Martin Short walking around in a fat suit, going like, "Well, let me tell you something now." Yeah, and just being overly and, critical and, of, and, uh, and shoving normal. and shoving donuts in his mouth <laughs> and dunking, kind of like you know this. Love it. It's one of my favorite shows ever from Comedy Central. All right, so that's it for the Santa Claus Two. Uh, I get we're back next week with uh, Lethal Weapon, right? <laughs> sure. <Okay>. Yeah, <laughs> Lethal Weapon it is. Uh, so thanks for listening. Uh, we are on podcast up uh, Apple Podcasts. I'm just as I say, I'm just I'm just sidekicks. That's right. To make it. <laughs> elf partner. Uh, so we're on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, uh, any other podcasting app that you use. We're on it. Leave us a review and rating, and uh, we appreciate that because it helps get us noticed. Um, if you're on Facebook, we're at facebook.com slash Blood and Black Rum Podcast. We're also on Twitter at Blood and Black Rum. Um, we have a uh, Podbean page, which is where we post all of our podcast episodes, and you can also donate to that on our Patreon page. Uh, just $1 a month will get you access to the shows early. And then we have an email address as well. Blood and Black Rum Podcast at gmail.com. Write to us. Let us know what you want us to cover. Let us know uh, if you what do you like, what you don't like, what you want to hear from us. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with a new Festivus episode series on Lethal Weapon. And we hope you have a great holiday season until then. Take care. <laughs>